Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Britt Boone. Britt, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. My privilege to be here. Thanks, Kevin. So tell our listeners a little bit about Britt Boone, like where you are, what you're doing, a little bit about family, that type of stuff. Great. Well, I am in Plagordica, Montenegro, and I'm sure I don't need to explain where that is, but just for the one or two listeners that may not know, it is former uh, Yugoslavia. So if you would go to Italy, go east across the Adriatic, and you will find Montenegro. been a country for 13, 14 years now. Um, it is an absolutely beautiful place, a bit more on that later, most likely. Uh, but I'm here with my family, uh, married 25 years, two daughters, uh, one just left home studying in Sarajevo, actually, uh, other is here with us. And, um, so we've kind of been through this series of, uh, maybe you can say I'm a serial startup guy or serial entrepreneur. Uh, so we've been here for about six years doing Neanderbug and, uh, loving loving it along the way. So that's, that's Brit. Okay. So I've, I've interviewed over a hundred people on rising tide and they've yet to say, I have a child studying in Sarajevo. <laughs> You're the first. So I, I'm sorry, I got to unpack that a little bit. I mean, so we got an American young lady that is that just decided to study in, in Yugoslavia. Is this a, I mean, what was the, what was the, the attraction or the draw <laughs> or the specific program? Yeah, well, there's a number of factors that play into that, but to cut it uh, short, uh, so Sarajevo is former Olympic spot, right? Beautiful place, a, uh, a very diverse uh, capital of, of Bosnia-Herzegovina. And so we personally love it as a family. It's a great place to go to, but it also, they had a uh, university program there. She wanted to study genetics and bioengineering. And wow. even they have International Birch University, a little promo for Birch. Uh, they are, uh, have a really good program there. It's a all English school. And so she's done some study of the local language, which she obviously had already studied here. Uh, but she is studying genetics and bioengineering, which I think, Kevin, is science or something like that. I'm yeah, not sure exactly. I'll have to look it up later, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, that's been good for her. She actually just became a demonstrator in the lab, or we might call a teaching assistant. So she is in some microbiology, molecular something lab, teaching other people how to do science, which is mind-boggling to me. But she's brilliant and a wonderful young lady. And I mean, the timely with the kind of the coronavirus issue going on. I mean, what a what a timely, you know, what a what a place to be at this time in history. I mean, yeah. you know, to and to I'm sure that they're they're having you know discussions and labs and and forums around that particular thing. But so I but I actually called you to to uh, talk to you about Meanderbug. I mean, I love the family background, but tell me a little bit about uh, what Meanderbug is and, and kind of the foundation under it. Well, Meanderbug is, uh, we're web-based, uh, but we are seeking to develop rural tourism here in Montenegro and the surrounding region. Um, we view it as a modular booking system. So um, our competitors would be booking.com, Airbnb, that type of, of business, but there's something really unique here that... Um, we are trying to work with local partners in the villages 
and uh, up on the mountains. And in that process, we take people into what I would call the real Montenegro. Uh, View Montenegro is a village of villages. It has a gorgeous coastline. And so that's what people often will see. But it really started with the villages. And so to get people up there is a, a great opportunity. But the challenge is what roads are safe to take there because Google Maps doesn't know what's really a road and what is a you know pretend road uh, that a four by four will take, but their cars won't. Um, once they get there, how do they get food? These things. So we go in and work with partners and we help them to uh, coach them to prepare their homes, to uh, uh, put together organic foods that they're already growing, serving traditional dishes, and then making all of that available for clients. So they'll have a place to stay. They'll have the, the food that they can add on to their order so that they know what they're going to eat because there's not, you know, KFC or a grocery store sure. right down the road. Yeah. 20 kilometers past the last place that would serve you food. Um, and then also we put together hiking opportunities for them, uh, world-class fly fishing and other things. So people can say, here's where I want to stay. Here's the food I'm going to have while I'm there. Here's the, uh, the adventures I want to put so they can put all that together and make it happen. So uh, one of the things we, a tagline we used to use was unlocking the Balkans. Like there's so much great stuff here, but how do you put all that together? Well, Neanderbug works with a hundred local partners to, put all that together and bring business to locals uh, in areas where it's um, up in the villages where we work mostly you're three times more likely to struggle with poverty than in the capital or two times more likely to struggle with it than coast. And so it's bringing entrepreneurial opportunities for them or for partners really all around the country. Uh, but it opens up incredible authentic travel adventure for, for outsiders. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, it's kind of the, competitive or if there was a competitor it would be like say a booking.com or something like that but in essence that that's probably not true to the to the degree that those sites would never show up on booking.com or airbnb for the most part is that is that right yeah it um, we do have a number of partners that list on multiple places and if you're in a easy to access town that can work um, in some of the more remote things once again you get into um, hey, how do we get there? We put it in Google Maps and the road you take there will be difficult at best yeah. or impossible. We've seen that situation as well. And so that's where we do have that advantage. Uh, but we, uh, our goal is to help those partners become successful. And so if we can hit financial viability sta stage, then we want to them to be able to fill up their their pipeline as well and so if, if they're listed in other places that's that's fine we want to coach them up uh, in that way but yeah we are working very hard to develop those partners to develop our business model and um, you know it's the rising tides model we think as as that helps our partners it helps us it will help others as well sure uh, as well as traveling a good sure. experience so, so give me kind of the uh, 30 second elevator pitch you and I are just stepping on the elevator we're going to go up about eight floors and that door is going to open in, in 30 to 60 seconds. Tell me about Meanderbug and the, the specific service you can provide. We are trying, or let's just say we are leading in family travel for uh, uh, rural opportunities in Montenegro. So it's where, I don't know if you're into organic foods or uh, beautiful locations or farm locations or adventure opportunities, but the intersection of all of those is through Meanderbug, uh, as well as experiencing local hospitality. So it is just an incredible opportunity to dial in your level of comfort or your level of authenticity 
and uh, select the adventures that are good for you and go have a incredible time, whether that's mountain biking or hut-to-hut hiking or fly fishing or whatever. So it's, uh, as I said, great for family travel, romantic travel. We are, yeah, doing it. So is, is, is there a specific focus? I mean, you're talking about family travel, but, it, but I'm thinking the things, some of the things you mentioned, you know, maybe more on the, almost the adventure travel side of things as well, or the adventure trekking or that type of thing. So it's kind of like Airbnb meets adventure travel meets social good meets organic food, you know, kind of like, you know, Whole Foods and Airbnb, if they were going to sponsor a, you know, a Genesco heritage site, you know, named Montenegro, this is, this is kind of what the intersection would be. But if you had to, had to kind of describe your, your ideal avatar, where, what country would they come from? You know, how, who would they be if you're, who's your ideal client or, or I guess who's the, who's the, the most common client that you're dealing with right now? Well, our top five markets are Belgium, Netherlands, France, UK, and Germany. Um, so let's go to Belgium. Love me some Belgians. By the way, your uh, listeners should know Speculose, the spreadable Speculose. If you ever have a chance to get that, just trust me, get that. So we, we offer VIP opportunities to our Belgian clients if they bring us a jar of Speculose. It's, Is that uh, like Nutella on steroids or something? Yeah, it's like 10 times better than Nutella. Yeah. So um, anyway, so with that, <laughs> excuse me, our, our ideal client is mom that says, hey, we, we, we were expecting mom that would be two or three nights, but mom now comes in and says, I've got a week. We've had mom say, I've got a month, and I'm planning something that will be great for my whole family. And those could be teenager, teenage kids, um, adventurous dad. We've had it be from grandma down to infants. And so depending on who they are, the beautiful thing, once again, I've said we're modular booking, so whether it's uh, they want low impact, high adventure, then there's off-roading. If they want uh, uh, a higher impact, there's hiking. If they have little kids, sometimes we put them on horses on different uh, segments uh, that are led by hand, and then mom and dad can hike. Can hike. And so there's this whole range of adventure that fits that. We're just saying, hey, if we can do this, it's great. So one of the things that works really well for us in that, Kevin, is working with so many partners we are trying to bring good to all those partners. If we said, hey, we want to have one thing that we deliver, then we could just do that over and over and over again and benefit 10 partners. But instead we've said, okay, if you want to work with us and you're coachable, we want to work with you. And so let's find ways to rising tides, lift all the boats, if there you, you will, uh, to be able to create a hundred new entrepreneurs. And that's that is enough for us until we can get 200 new entrepreneurs. So, yeah. uh, for example, this week we signed two new partners, and uh, that's kind of a pattern for us. So, in that scenario, like this week, partners was a new farm stay, glamping site, uh, was also a um, new farm to fork. So, that's show up with the whole family, have a two, three hour dinner, everything, slow food, uh, traditional. It's going to be the story of Montenegro, a lot of interaction if you want that for your family. So it's that, that thing where if you, if you say, I'm wanting to do this for my, um, for my family of adventurers, you can go as far off the, the, the road as you can imagine. Or if you said, hey, we want to keep this uh, local and just be safe on this one, we can help you dial that in with swimming pools and whatever you're, you're looking for. So are, are all of your, your partners that are, that are in the, you know, kind of the, the options that you have, the, 
Airbnb type options that you have within Meanderbug? Are they all within Montenegro? Or are they at in some, some of them are in different countries or in the Balkans or what do you, what's your kind of your geographic boundary right now? Great question. We started thinking Balkans, uh, the Balkan Peninsula from Greece up through Slovenia and realized it was just too big for us at the time. So we scaled back and said, let's drill in on Montenegro. We do have some farm stays in Bosnia uh, right now. It's in the Sarajevo connection. We get there a good bit. But then also in Albania, we have some adventure options there. And I see it a great opportunity to grow this region-wide. But we just said, okay, let's focus on Montenegro and build that out. And once we have that, then we can start adding on uh, the other options. So we have Croatia is coming online soon with uh, a couple of sites. Um, we're looking at some stuff in Serbia in the future. Macedonia would be ideal. But we were just saying, let's get Montenegro right before we start expanding too much just because of, of resource capacity. So what is the, what, what do you see and what have you historically seen is the biggest, uh, I guess, hurdle or obstacle you've got to overcome? Is, is, there a, is there an inherent bias? Is there an inherent fear? Is there an inherent um, just lack of knowledge about the area? I mean, are all those three, you know, concerns of, of potential clients that, you know, might come through the site? And I mean, is it a steeper, I guess, education curve that you've got to overcome because of the area you're working in versus, you know, a more traditional, more open Western, you know, location, or I'm just, I don't want to lead you in your answer, but I mean, tell, kind of walk me through that a little bit about as, you're, <coughs> as you've dealt with, with people that you've kind of pitched this idea to. Sure. We've, um, we've had the question, are there bullets still flying from the Balkan conflict sure. of the night? Yeah. But yeah, actually, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> uh, you can still see some of that stuff in places like Sarajevo, the, uh, the, the ramifications, but it's a pretty peaceful region. Um, in terms of what do we deal with, the, the Montenegro has become a go-to destination for much of Europe. Um, we're hitting in Forbes and uh, Lonely Planet and others top places of travel in 2017, 2019, etc. So it's getting more and more um, exposure in that regard. But the challenge is the places that are told are the coastal story. Uh, there's 110 kilometers of coastline. It's absolutely spectacular. It's gorgeous. Um, and so when you have mountains coming down and meeting the Adriatic, it's there's something spectacular there. But the, the, that's being built out in a massive way through hotels, a lot of, of tourists in the July, August months. And so we see, okay, there's got to be a way to expand the season and there's got to be a way to bring good to the locals because often those hotels are outside investors or the, yeah. the elite of Montenegro. And I'm happy for those people to do well, but I really have this passion, this idealism. How do we help the local people? Sure. And so we can go in and work with the people up in the mountains. And in that scenario, the uh, adventure is spectacular, but it's not what's known. The uh, known places are, the, once again, the coastline. And then the other UNESCO World Heritage Site right now is Dermatur, one of the national parks. Uh, we do work on both of those areas, but we also are trying to build out new opportunities at uh, the other national parks, uh, doing hut-to-hut hiking in uh, Biogradsk Gora National Park, working on some new development in Prokletia and, and so on. So it's making those, bringing those things to market is the first challenge and coaching partners up. But on the marketing side, it's, hey, there's, yes, you know about 5% of Montenegro. 
but there's this 95% right. and then also try and help people see you can recreate your scenario in another place and feel like you've gone on vacation and that's great if you want to rest but if you want to really experience the different foods the different culture the um, the different nature then you really have got to get outside of the neon light yeah. uh, area that I would refer to so yeah then we want to get you in locals uh, places so. So I, I mean, as you were kind of painting that picture, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, based on maybe your size, I mean, that this is true of virtually every startup, you, you have to differentiate, differentiate yourself somehow from say the big players in the market. You know, you have to have something that, you know, what's your USP, what's your unique selling, you know, point. And yours is, I mean, that's your new tagline where the other 95%, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know where the 95% you don't know about, you know, type thing. But uh, I love the way you kind of frame that. And, but that's, it's interesting. So, um, you know, you kind of talked around this a little bit in the, in the chat so far, but you know, how does a, you know, a guy from, from Texas end up in Montenegro running a, you know, a, a family style adventure, you know, tourism booking site? That's a great question. Um, we are international at heart. Uh, so my wife is from Mexico. I'm from Oklahoma um, or America, whatever, however you want to refer to that. Um, but and I just read River just, embarrassed. I just read River dishonored your whole family. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's the meeting place. Texas. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in that, with that uh, note, we've uh, lived in other places. We lived in Moscow for 10 years and uh, we're back in the States through some consulting that I was doing. It was bringing me to the Balkans several times for the first time, but it came several times and I've, I saw these mountains. Once again, let me state, I'm from Oklahoma where there are no mountains. Yeah, that's right. These, these Look, kids, mountains. a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have trees, a few, and a lot of that's plains. Right some concrete but uh yeah so i see these mountains and i look down and there's this blue blue water that's just gorgeous i'm like i love this place and i try the foods and the foods are great and the hospitality is is super and so i'm just like there's so much good here and as i would talk with locals i would hear about so many challenges here like where you see challenges i'm seeing opportunities and so uh, i went home and told my wife hey there's this place called Montenegro, and I think we need to check it out. And so we Calling did. our name. And then um, the, the story of how we got into the mountains is I'm sitting, we tried to do website that was really just promoting traffic and, and travel advertisement, and that was not a great success for us. And so I'm sitting with a local friend, and he says, Britt, if you want to get into the real Montenegrin culture, you have to get into the Katoons. And I said, great, I'm in the Katoons. What's a Katoon? He said, well, it's the traditional mountain huts that the uh, shepherds would sleep in when they take their cattle up. And so the next week we were in a cartoon and say, okay, how do we put this together? We started uh, exploring uh, rural tourism and uh, since have become one of the huge advocates for responsible tourism here, uh, sustainable travel. And so it's just been a, a great fit for the things that we're about, the nature that we love, the foods, the people, and it's just... Uh, allowed us to help move some things forward for, once again, for a number of partners. And it's, it's been a fabulous fit. So we lucked into it, you might say. <laughs> How is the, uh, have you had any interaction or connection with, uh, say, the Montenegro Tourist Board? Or um, have they helped you promote? Have they helped you, you know, kind of 
you know, lowered some barriers for your entry into kind of the ecosystem, the business ecosystem there, or, I mean, I've, I've heard that, that Montenegro is pretty business friendly, yeah. um, you know, on a scale of, you know, <laughs> zero to you can't do anything here. It's, uh, it's at least in the, in the better half of that scale. Well, let me tell you, after starting a company in Moscow, <laughs> bureaucracy here is a breeze. It's just like <laughs> dreamland. So sometimes people ask me, how, how easy was it, like compared to what? So sure, yeah, that comparison, I'll take it every day. In terms of the, uh, the local authorities, we do meet uh, on a regular basis with the Ministry of Tourism. Uh, we've been able to um, help with some things there, including regulation, legislation for the cartoons that I've mentioned, what are the requirements. Um, also working with them right now to help uh, our partners to come online in terms of getting registered, constantly working with partners to try to move towards a tax compliance with the overnight taxes. Um, and so these things have been good. Uh, we also work with the NTO, the National Travel Organization, which is really the promotional arm. Uh, we provide them with a, a bit of material when it comes to rural tourism so that they have that story to tell. Yeah. Um, and so we try to keep moving that forward. Once again, I've said it's a 5% uh, you know, coast and, and this park and 95% of the country is elsewhere. And so we're trying to help um, help with that to say, let's tell more of that story. Let's get that out more. And so they've been responsive to that. and. Um, good partners as we're trying to do that. We also work with the national parks. We just released an infographic that they've put online or planning to put that infographic about the parks in each of their five info uh, park info centers. And so we're, we want to be good citizens that help to bring them along or bring us along together in that way um, so that we can have a, a better, more informed traveler and uh, help, help bring good to the whole country, not just to, uh, to one section. So there's, um, 88% of the stays last year were in 12% of the population, and that's mostly coastline. And so that's where we think we can help to improve that along with some other partners. We have great NGO partners and, and uh, locals come alongside. So in answer to your question, yes to the Ministry of Tourism, yes to the NTO, but yes to so many more partners to take our small little team and be able to leverage that up. Right. right. So this is uh this kind of wrapping up here but this is one of my favorite parts of of the just the rising tide kind of interview spectrum is is really when i just kind of step aside and just let the guest you know really become kind of a professor you know the the whole idea of it's you know we want to create segments called the rising tide startup school so you know we put these little segments online on on youtube and and if people want to look at just little segments on on things to do you know specific topics and, and that type of thing but I'm just curious if you were going to start again tomorrow, what is something that, um, what would you do? What, what business would you start sitting right where you are? That is a great question. Uh, I'm going to give you a strange answer though. Um, when I was at university, the question came up my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year. So what's your major? And really the question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I, I, don't know. And uh, I, I really think I figured out what do I want to be about when I grow up. And so instead of it being one specific thing, it's I want to be about things that make a difference. And so as I've gone through life and I've seen gray to the beard, I just have seen sustainability, viability are key, key parts to that. And so if there are things that you can do to bring good to a community, to move things forward for the 
the people of the community that are able to be sustainable, then those are things that I'm very, very open to, very passionate about. Uh, so I can see myself responsible travel. I love what we're doing. I would do this. I, I can't quit this job to do this job, but if I could, I'd be happy to, to do that. Um, but other things, coaching, I've done that a good bit before. would jump on that again to help others. Um, food has become a real thing. And, and part of that, we, we work with small family farms that are multi-speciated organic foods. I love that. And so to do that as like local sourced foods for restaurants or different things like that, would be happy to do that. Um, we've also talked about probably 10, 15 different restaurant concepts we would love to launch that I don't know that we'll ever get to it, but just different, different uh, ideations on what could that look like. So things like that, but it would basically, Kevin, be things that make a difference. Um, that are bringing good to the community, not just for a business. These are, you know, lessons that you've learned kind of in this process. So if, if you were going to, if you were speaking to somebody that's, that's thinking about, man, I got to bust out of this cubicle. Like I, I, you know, I have this, this real drive inside me to start something. What would be two or three really key crucial steps that you would kind of talk them through that that you know are these it doesn't matter what you do these are absolute non non-negotiables these are the things that i would do if i was starting again tomorrow yeah i would uh, probably the three things i would give one is figure out what you're going to be about um i see that there are several themes that any good story um contains and if you have those themes in your story then there are things that can give you long-term um passion and so for, for those, if you have elements of justice, like for example, one of the things that I get really excited about what we do is we're creating economic justice for our partners, opportunities for them to be viable long-term in a changing uh, market context. Uh, things like that, beauty, uh, reconciled relationships, uh, bringing healthy relationships. These types of themes, if you can say, hey, how is my enterprise going to bring good in these areas long-term? Those are the things that, that make me want to get up in the morning that say, hey, I'm passionate about this. There are also things that I see my family wants to be a part of. Uh, my wife will be supportive of or leading out in, and so that's always a great thing. But I also, um, one of the things that I hoped for, but I'm really glad to see with, a, as I mentioned, some two older children, 21 and 15, they both love what we're doing and want to be a part of it. So. Um, We've got, as I mentioned, a scientist that's running tests on some flora from Montenegro to see how do these naturally occurring flora compete with antibiotics against some difficult bacteria in a lab setting and finding some amazing results that we hope to be publishing soon about uh, how foraging here can be so good for, for health. Wow. And so in, in that scenario, when your kids say, hey, it's not just about paying bills, it's about making a difference in other people's lives. I think they're better members of the community moving forward. So if you can find what is it that you can be about that fits your context, I would say that's a great start. Second, I'd say what business is viable in that? Um, so once you see what are the needs for that community that you could, could do, is there a way for you to uh, monetize that in a sustainable way that brings good? <clears throat> and I would, uh, you need a business plan that has a multiple elements at your bottom line, not just the profit, but it's also what are your metrics that you're going to be evaluating? See, are we doing this thing that we started for and keep focus on the both end, the viability as well as the impact. And the third thing I would say is to do a 
honest self-assessment. Where do I have strengths in these areas? Um, I have a lot of assistance here in legal and digital marketing and IT um, and, and in language assistance. There are some conversations I'm just not equipped to have uh, in another language right now. And so in that scenario, a really honest self-assessment, where do I need people to come alongside me? Maybe it's in the business planning. Maybe that's your strength and it's someone to come along and say, okay, how do we measure impact and how do we put these together? How do we market this, et cetera? So just knowing what is it that we want to do that makes a difference? What is a business that we can build around that? And then what do I need to form a team around me that can make this be successful? And just kind of describe the perfect Venn diagram of a business startup you know, the, where that, that intersection is in the center that, you know, these three circles, where do they, where do they intersect? You know, the, the, uh, I mean, I love the way you, you framed that. And, and um, I mean, are you, would you say you're at that place right now? Are you at the intersection of those three? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, it's, yes, it's been a, a really good experience. And we are, you know, with, with travel and coronavirus and viability, this is, there's there's a hundred questions at that at that level, but at the same time, what we've seen in terms of sales, numbers of customers, the amount spent per customer, the numbers of partners generating uh, closer to what would be a median income. So, yeah, it's been a really great adventure, and sometimes it feels like, well, this is getting bigger than me. It's getting out of control, but it's a great place to be to uh, say, let's let's keep growing this. Let's move forward. I mean, every entrepreneur kind of loves the idea of living in the creative chaos, you know, that, that whole space where you're, you're, it's things, things are just on the edge of being completely out of control, but that makes, that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes the, the journey worth the trip. Right. So. Keeps you going. <laughs> well, Britt, man, I have, uh, I really appreciated you taking the time today. And as, as we kind of wrap up today, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you kind of want to wrap up with and then just Tell, the, tell our listeners where is the best place to find you and, you know, online or social or, or just the, remind us of the website as well. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you. First of all, it's just been uh, an honor to be able to share and to, to catch up with you and uh, really wish all the best to Rising Tides podcast. Um, as far as connecting with us, uh, Meanderbug, meanderbug.com. Uh, if you forget, you can always search for Crazy Good Travel, which is our tagline, and you'll find us there, or Fly Fishing Montenegro, or whatever it is that, that I farm stay, that uh, any of these things would, would get you there. Um, but then also, if you want to, with that, YouTube, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, yes, they're all there under Meanderbug. And then personally, if people want to connect with me and, and have conversation, they can reach me at Twitter at, at bbabroad. Um, that's Britt Boone at BB Abroad and happy to connect and, and talk further with any people talking about startup stuff. Well, we want to encourage because we, we do have listeners from not just in the States, but all over the world. And, and uh, just, you know, look at meanderbug.com and see if it's a good fit. I mean, the, your next trip. I mean, you know, it's, it's time to take an adventure and take your family on an adventure. And, and you know, you, you never know if that, that will literally change their life you know, on, on to expose them on something like this. And, but Britt, thanks again for just sharing your story. And it's been, been great talking to you and just thank you for playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Kevin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.